0: I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello there, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks and learning more about the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and he never underestimates me because that's my mother's job. Say hello to my husband and producer of the podcast, Mr. Rossetti.
1: <laughs> hello there, underestimates <laughs> Your, that's your mother's job do you like that i like it i like it very much yeah,
0: my mom's my number one fan
1: actually. she is she is I'm, she's, she's I, both of our number one i fans.
0: can't really think of a, a time she's underestimated me but i'm sure you know that's what moms do sometimes right i mean i wonder
1: i don't did she think you'd ever go to new york and live no she said like i remember when
0: i was like 11 or 12 and i was like mom do you th- i sang a song for her something and i was like do you think i could be a country singer and she was like, well, you've got some work to do. Oh, So I do recall that very uh, realistic reaction to where I was at the time Which in my good. talent toolbox. I yes. love that.
1: Uh, I love so that. I
0: worked a little harder. Anyways, uh, how you been? I've been good. That's good. You I know, love that like, we say to each other. We live with each other. So we know how each other. Have been. I know. But, you know. For the listeners.
1: For the uh, listeners.
0: We're doing good. We're sipping yeah. on some mocktails today. Because yes, today's cause book is Mocktail
1: Party. It's about a mocktail.
0: little. Oh, Wait, little. Can you hear that?
1: Well, Wait, let's get so close, close to your microphone. A little. Oh, Ooh, it's what? a gingosa. This is like ASMR. ASMR.
0: ASMR. So this is a uh, ging- ging- gingomosa, I think it's mm. called. Ginjosa, josa that we're having i think here's the deal and i say this in the interview with the with carrie and diana of mocktail party the two authors i do say uh i get the names wrong all the time because they were very clever with a lot of puns so i'm actually as i go through it the the puns i i miss them sometimes this is a what is it again Gingosa. Gingosa. And I was thinking ginginosa. I don't know why. So, Carrie Benson and Diana Lacalze, those are our authors this week. Uh, but before we get into that, what did we eat this week? I know you had yourself a diet uh, pepperoni pizza yesterday.
1: I just had, I just had like a hankering. Like, I was like, I want a frozen pizza. Um, and you know, die hit the spot with Dai- a little pepperoni. I needed like some. It's faux that pepperoni. pepperoni that
0: was your last thing to go as a non-vegan. The pepperoni pizza, correct, correct. But I had a, a pizza hankering this week too, and I made a. Uh, there's like a in uh, Isa's Isa does it book. There's like a pizza sausage bowl that she has. So now sometimes I just make a variation of that. I had still had some Hungry Planet beef, like beef, uh, like that, the ground beef. So I made that with mm-hmm. some kale and broccoli, a little marinara sauce delicious so tasty some oregano yum 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 speaking of hungry planet y'all i'm gonna have a recipe up later this week uh it's gonna be sort of a model a modeled after hamburger helper only it's gonna be hungry planet helper so go to the vegan roadie instagram at the vegan roadie it's probably gonna post on wednesday really simple recipe one pot you make everything in one pot including the pasta mix it all together you got yourself a nice little hamburger helper hungry planet helper recipe our friend justin we made this for him yeah and, and it was very it. good. Yeah. Uh, I think we talked about it last week. Anyways, uh, we also I made, I made a slow cooker white bean soup this week. And that I'm recipe testing with a lot of stuff I recipe tested this week. But that was for uh, Universal Meals, a program I'm doing with Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, which is recipes that are all void of the top nine allergies. David, did your mom, like, were there weeknight meals that she either, like, had on rotation in, like, a slow cooker or on the stove or anything like that?
1: I I mean, I have very little to no memory of my mom doing any slow cooker or any...
0: I really, I feel like your mom no. would be on top of that.
1: Mama Pat. I mean, maybe for, like, a potluck situation. Okay, You know, like a little Swedish meatball situation, but not, like, in the rotation. My
0: mom did love the Swedish meatballs for the holidays, but uh, in a hot... In our hot pot in a crock pot crock, she also got chili um yeah she'd
1: make soups and stuff but nothing she wouldn't crack out that thing too often unless it was for like the church bazaar oh
0: a little bazaar we're going um, to the bazaar wednesday night uh, all right. All right. Well, <laughs> all right, David, we're getting, let's go through the book. What do we got today? So it is Mocktail Party, 75 plant-based, re- plant-based non-alcoholic recipes of mocktail drinks. Let me tell you why I love this book, y'all. David's going to start flipping through it. Oh. We're drinking these ginjoses right now. Oh, and he landed on the ginjoses first. Oh, what's Ooh, that?
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging this book because of the puns. Pina, pina Pina colnada. Wink, which is what I mess
0: up in the interview. Wink,
1: Colnata because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it means like no booze. Oh, this looks delicious. Sweet wine, not slushy, 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 Sweet wine, not wink, slushy. There's a lot of winks in this book. I think if you <laughs> if it was an audiobook, it'd be like blah blah.
0: Week. Well, we, we decided to put this interview out now. We've had it for a few months, but we decided to put it out in January because of the, you know, it's Veganuary, it's January. A lot of people are going boozeless in January. Maybe drank
1: a little too much in December. Uh-huh. No judgment. Or but... some
0: people don't drink like me at all, so they're looking for new ideas. David, what'd you turn to right now?
1: Um, this one looks delicious. Chocolate hazelnut frozen tea. Mm, they got a lot of nice frozen things in there, too. Coconut mock Hito, ah,
0: we made that one. We've made that one. Yeah, that and one actually that is delicious. Yeah,
1: because yeah. you you just get all those. You get all the flavors. You Do you get remember all when hits. we got this book?
0: No, we were at the botanical gardens with my mom. Oh, that's she right. Yeah. oh, that's mm-hmm. right.
1: We did just kind of happen happen across it. You were like, hey. And now get them I'm on the obsessed. podcast.
0: And now I'm obsessed. I've given this book to a couple people as gifts, including some over the holidays. It mm-hmm. really is a great gift for the drinker and the non-drinker um, with recipes that are easy and fun and exciting. You can have special cocktails no matter what. You don't have to have booze in them for it to be... Uh, for the special occasion, of course you can, that's your business, but listen, let's talk about the authors. Carrie Benson and Diana Lacalzi are registered dietitians and bestselling authors of drinking for two nutritious mocktails for the mom to be. That's their first book. And then the one we talk about today, mocktail party, 75 plant-based non-alcoholic drink
1: recipes for every occasion. Uh, they are the co-founders of The Sober Dietitians. Carrie and Diana are putting their own healthy twist on alcohol-free living and hope to inspire others to explore their relationship with alcohol and to normalize not drinking.
0: Yes, I love that. Normalize not drinking. We talk about it in the interview, but like, just to say quickly. It's okay
1: not it's okay to not
0: to drink. Oh my gosh! So it,
1: it's, to go and to even heaven forbid go to a bar.
0: Oh my gosh! And not have a cocktail.
1: And have a seltzer. Yes, have a seltzer or ask for a
0: mocktail. Or oh my gosh, when someone says, "Well, sure, let's meet for a drink," to say, "Great, uh, let's go get grab a coffee or a tea." Like it's okay to say that. You're allowed to say that. Yeah. Uh, drinking, That's Drinking, awesome. uh, drinking. It's just it, it, we we get into it more in the interview, so I suppose I won't go on and on about it here. Speaking of wits, let's just get into that mocktail party, shall we? Yeah, let's get the mocktail party started. Here they are the sober dietitians, Carrie Benson and Diana Lacalzi. We have the hostesses with the mostesses on the podcast today, less likely to be a hot mess when you're sober and they can show you the way. Please welcome the sober dietitians, Carrie Benson and Diana Lacalzi to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so I love it when I have two people on, especially two people I've never met, because I'm always like, "Wait, who's talking? Who's saying what?" And you both gave me just like a, a a a hello at the same time, so I didn't even have to guess. We're gonna go right into the icebreaker question here: Who was a childhood crush of yours?
2: <laughs> um, I can go. Um, I would have to say Leonardo DiCaprio, huge uh, fan of him, <laughs> had a t-shirt with his face on it.
0: Oh, we even went so far to have some swag, a little t-shirt. Oh, yeah.
2: And my room was covered in posters of him.
0: <laughs> it had his face on it. So was like, it, was it a picture from like the Titanic or what was it?
2: Yeah, it was when he was really young. It was young Leo
0: on there. Okay, so before <laughs> Titanic then. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one.
3: Yeah, he's definitely crush-worthy. Mine would have to be Orlando Bloom, namely from Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) Um, My freshman year college roommate and I bonded over the fact that we both brought Orlando Bloom (laughs) posters to our freshman dorm room and hers was Orlando Bloom in Lord of the Rings and mine was Orlando Bloom Oh my gosh, you
0: you were meant to be roommates then. It just like all fell into place. The universe aligned for you. Those are good ones. Mine is... um... It was a good icebreaker. <laughs> oh, look at that. See? And even now, years later, still, Orlando Bl- Bloom is breaking the ice for you. Um, mine was uh, uh, Uncle Jesse on Full House. So John Stamos, I guess. If Ooh, really, that but is really, very like, good the Uncle one. Jesse mm-hmm. of it all, you know? Uh, Well, listen, I want both of you to sort of give us a little background on what brought you into writing. You've got two books, Drinking for Two, Nutritious Mocktails for the Mom-to-Be and Mocktail Party, 75 plant-based non-alcoholic mocktail recipes for every occasion. Can you both sort of give us just like a little glimpse into your background and what sort of brought you together into writing this book? Uh, Carrie, why don't you go ahead and go first?
3: Sure. So... Diana and I go way back to grad school. We met at Tufts when we were both doing our master's degrees in nutrition science. And we became really good friends. We studied together, um, hung out together a lot outside of school. And we were both um, bonding over the fact that we started out in different careers and then decided to pursue our passion for nutrition as a second career. Um, as we were going through our education and training to becoming a registered dietitian, um, Diana actually was approached with this amazing opportunity an idea to write a mocktail recipe book for pregnant women. Um, so she brought me on to the project to work with her. And it was a really cool experience for me because actually, before I became a dietitian, I studied the effects of alcohol, uh, alcohol exposure during pregnancy uh-huh. on the developing brain. So it was a really cool way for me to channel that knowledge and passion for talking about um, alcohol during pregnancy into something that was kind of fun and easily digestible for most people. Um, So that's how Drinking for Two came to be. We actually wrote it um, long distance. Diana was in San Diego and I was in Boston and then in Cincinnati and we worked on it together remotely and we were, it was super fun to write that book and to develop all the recipes and mocktails were kind of a new concept for us at that time. Um, you know, I I think it was just a really interesting experience and we wrote this book and of course we enjoyed drinking the mocktails, but it wasn't like either one of us at that time was sober or even really sober curious. It just was sort of like our introduction to that, that world and that, um, That mentality. So then I'll let Diana talk about where things went. (laughs) Yeah. So
2: then, so we we just we wrote Drinking for Two because there was just a huge gap in the market, too. There was no other book that offered pregnant women healthier alternatives to alcohol. So it was really such a niche product, and it's done really well because you know it really offers that audience. Um, an alternative to alcohol. And with that success, our publisher asked us to write the second book, Mocktail Party. um, That was uh, mocktails, not just for pregnant women, but for everyone. And also this whole mocktail movement, the sober curious movement has really taken off in the past few years. So um, it, it was just, it was perfect timing for this mocktail party book. And, you know, we've, we've gotten such great feedback and, and it's also been such a fun journey to write that book. Um, again, it's just for all audiences and not, not specifically just for pregnant women. The
3: cool thing for me about mocktail party is the influence that writing the book actually had on both of our lives and our own relationships yes. with alcohol. Um, it was just really interesting how, you know digging into the literature on how alcohol affects health and then doing this in the context of the pandemic when you know we hear a lot about people mm-hmm. drinking more at home and alcohol sales going through the roof also learning more about the sober curious movement and having these alternatives at our fingertips it just really inspired us. I think it changed our relationships with that. That's interesting.
0: And I love that that's where you went because I was just about to ask you about sobriety. So were the two of you were not, I mean, sober or not sober. I'm just curious when you wrote it, then you weren't sober when you went into writing these books and then you learned more about it. And now, I mean, you're, you're called the sober dietitians on Instagram, right? Yes, we are. So are you sober now then?
2: Yeah. So we, I was not, so I was, I guess during mocktail party, I was still drinking alcohol and it was during the pandemic that we wrote it. And I definitely noticed I was drinking more, you know, we were all stuck at home. Right. Um, There's not a whole lot to do. And so I was drinking more. I was like writing this book, learning about all the research and the negative effects alcohol has on our bodies and I decided to do, well, Carrie and I actually did it together. We decided to do a dry month, um, one of those dry challenges that are so popular now. Sure. And we picked a random month. I think it was August of last year. And I just it, I just felt so good during, during that challenge that I just kept going. And I've pretty much been alcohol-free ever since. Like, I've had... I had my wedding a few months ago, like two months ago, actually, and I had a glass of wine um, to celebrate. But you know, I really do lead more of a, a sober lifestyle, sober curious lifestyle.
0: I saw the wedding, too. Congratulations. I think I saw that posted on Instagram. Congratulations.
2: Oh, thank you so much.
0: Well, I found this book at an interesting venue. I actually found it at the Botanical Gardens here in Atlanta. Um, I I was just looking through their books, and I was like, ooh, what's this? My mom came to visit, and we were trying to do like pandemic-friendly sort of activities, and since we could social distance there and all that, but the book was at the gift shop there, and I was glued to it from the moment I picked it up. Sobriety hasn't necessarily been a choice for me. I'm a Alcoholic, I'm sober for three years, three plus years, uh, and I I don't necessarily want alcohol anymore. But I do miss having a fun beverage every now and then like something in the summer months or even something to curl up with that might be a little spicy and warm in the winter. And often the recipes I look up, you know, they they sort of require specialty ingredients or a long sitting time or something like that. But this book checks so many boxes for me. I came home and I immediately made the sour margaritas uh, with lime juice and orange juice, agave, coconut water, and of course a few dashes of salt in there. I had everything on hand to make it. It hit the spot and tasted just like a margarita and honestly i love this book so much that like i'm like maybe i should get the drinking for two one as well even though i'm not a pregnant lady um because i mean that's what i was thinking i was like there's gotta be drinks in there that i would enjoy as well but i've already got i've got so many post-its in this one too that i actually need to go through still and make so it's it's i've still got a lot to do here but i i wouldn't put it past me to go get the other one uh was it was did you have fun when you finally were able to like okay let's I imagine getting out of the theme of writing for mommies to be and being like, we're going to write stuff for everyone. Like, was that a little more freeing to sort of get a little more expansive with it?
3: Yeah, I don't think we felt too constrained by, you know, writing a book that was aimed at pregnant women. It was just sort of a different focus. So when we were writing Drinking for Two... um, we really wanted to make sure that we were incorporating ingredients that had nutritional value, which of course carried over into mocktail party. We also wanted to include ingredients that might have, um, you know, functional benefits, like ingredients that might help alleviate nausea, like ginger, um, just to help ameliorate some of the the common pregnancy symptoms that women experience. So it's not just, you know, an alcohol-free beverage. It may have some benefits as well. And then when we were thinking about mocktail party, there were a few ingredients that we got to use a little bit more loosely. Like we didn't have to be as mindful of caffeine, um, didn't have to be as mindful about like if we use certain teas, putting a disclaimer, like if you're drink if you're drinking this during pregnancy, you know, just check with your doctor kombucha. things like that. But the focus was, yeah, kombucha is a really good example. Cause that's kind of sure. controversial and sort of a personal decision about whether you include that sure. during a pregnancy, um, but for Motel Party, we sort of approached it by like, when would you be drinking these drinks and sort of mirroring our recipes off of some of the classic cocktails you might find at a bar, some, you know, twists on classics that, um, you know, are a little bit more offbeat, but we were focused on flavor combinations, different drinks that you might serve at a holiday gathering um, at brunch. We have a whole mm-hmm. section of brunch recipes. So that, that was just kind of a different approach to how we tested the recipes and thought about it. But for both books, it was super important for us to make things just like you said, I'm so happy to hear you say that you found that this book was working for you because everything was so accessible because that's truly what we wanted. We want everything to be stress-free. We don't want any ingredients that are kind of obscure or hard to buy, or you, you know, you use it once and then you never touch it again. And it was a waste of money. Um, and you could just go to your grocery store and buy the ingredients, or you might maybe even open mm-hmm. up your fridge and pantry and be able to make a mocktail without any effort, just, you know, stress-free and accessible. And all of our recipes, we wanted to have be as low in added sugar as possible. <laughs> um, just so, you know, again, with the, you know, eye towards having added sure, you know, good health
0: nutrition. Forward. and. Are you the the Martin honestly the margarita was so good. Do either of you have any experience and like were any of you a a bartender for a time being or anything like the the recipes are just so great.
2: Oh, that's so sweet. I mean, no, neither one of us have bartending experience. We're not mixologists. And I think that also helped us develop this book too and make it simple. Like we we obviously we've drank in the past. So we know what a lot of um, beverages taste like. So that helped us create um, these non-alcoholic versions to be somewhat similar to them. But we really, like Harry said, we wanted to emphasize the simplicity of these mocktails and we wanted to make them as accessible to people as possible.
0: Yeah. And you open things up in this book with an introduction on why mocktails are becoming popular. Also uh, a section addressing why mocktails. So you've you've touched on it a little, but can you sort of give a summary of to our listeners of like why move to mocktails? what what is what is the good reason to move to mocktails?
3: Yeah. so I, I think there's a lot of good reasons to consider um, incorporating more alcohol-free non-alcoholic beverages into your routine. I think overall, especially during the pandemic, we've seen a rise in um, heavy drinking behaviors and people are consuming, you know, more, quantity of alcohol and higher ABV at a time. And that can be really problematic, even if it's not considered a quote unquote drinking problem or quote unquote alcohol abuse. Um, you know, what the literature is kind of showing over time, there's kind of been a shift. It's it's sort of always been known and well accepted that um, heavy alcohol exposure is related to negative health effects, like um, negative cardiovascular effects, obviously things like liver disease, even cancer. But the kind of the, the moderate alcohol exposure, the light drinking, it was sort of unknown or unclear or sort of the evidence just wasn't really clear on whether there was a potential benefit or maybe there was uh, negative side effects. But what's kind of been demonstrated more recently is that even small amounts of alcohol may have negative effects. So especially with literature, looking at the relationship with alcohol and cancer, there's been a growing body of evidence that suggests that even light drinking may lead to increased risk of, um, several types of cancer. I think there's like seven or eight different types of cancer that's been correlated with, and that includes breast cancer for women. Um, So it's just, you know, that that doesn't really get talked about that much. I think some of that information has kind of gotten shielded by sort of the, the sex appeal of alcohol and just how ingrained Mm -hmm. alcohol consumption Mm -hmm. is in our culture, um, and then really the evolution of mommy oh wine gosh. culture too. It's just, everything is, you know, it, it really overshadows the, the knowledge that we have about the potential negative effects of alcohol. Um, so we want, we felt it was really important to kind of share what we learned through our research. Cause again, it was, it was a learning experience for us. We weren't necessarily taught this stuff, even in our sure. dietetics training, it's just sort of what we learned from our own research. Yeah, we just wanted to include that information in the book and let people know that there are these alternatives out there whether you're making them in your home or you know you're you're shopping at the store or online and you know you can try them and maybe that'll help you cut back on your alcohol or you know stop drinking whatever is you know best for you and your personal Well, yeah,
0: and alcohol. it's fun too. I mean, the design of the book is very fun. The recipes are fun and it's so interesting when you talk about when I did get sober, I I then started to realize how much everything revolved around literally everybody's like, well, we can meet for a drink. Well, how about we meet yes. for a drink? Well, what do you want? What kind what do you want us to bring over? What kind of wine's going to go with this? And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like, and now it's so funny. People come over and I, I always tell people I'm like, bring whatever you, they, some people will be like, well, it's you, you don't want us to drink. Or I'm like, no, no drink, do your thing. But like, I don't have anything and like, don't worry about what you're bringing for the food. Just bring whatever you want. That's going to be, you know, good for you. But, it's that it's a it's a stressful drinking causes stress for people in that situation too. It's just all around. I started looking at it too as like when you talk about small amounts I was like when you look at alcohol there's not a single benefit to it. A health benefit, right? It's all just little like little shots of poison that you're taking essentially. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy.
2: It really is. And I really noticed I really noticed how much alcohol was being drank on television shows and in movies. Mm-hmm. It was so eye-opening after I had given up alcohol and just watching a movie. I think, it, I can't remember, but I was just watching it and I could not believe how, they, how much alcohol the characters were drinking and how that was just being portrayed so casually on TV. You're so society.
0: right.
3: I remember what movie we were talking about. It was we talked about. Yes, it was was the the holiday. Oh my gosh!
0: Yeah,
2: where she opens the the bottle
3: of wine and she's drinking the
0: the
2: bottle of wine in the car driving home.
0: Yep, yep. It's so true, and (laughs) I've. My husband and I'll be watching something and I'll be like, if they were drinking in, in real life as much as they actually are in the TV show or whatever it is, I'm like, they would be so hammered right now. Like, they yeah. would just be casually walking around, you know, with beverages. every, You know, when it cuts to like a scene where it's like the night and then the next night, the next night, and every night they have a cocktail. I'm like, yes. this is insane. This is yeah. insanity. The TV,
2: they, they just, they don't portray those, those negative effects of the alcohol. They don't portray the drunkenness. They don't portray the hangover the next day. It's all just... Just so glamorized.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and this book gives us the glamour without the hangover. Fantastic. Everybody wants that. Uh, you also <laughs> give helpful info on added sugar, sugar substitutes, tools and techniques, how to use a shaker, how to muddle and also essential ingredients from plant based milk, sweeteners, juices, herbs and seltzer waters. Uh, what are some well, if not all of the essential ingredients listed, but like, what are, what are a couple essential ingredients that are like most bare bones to the two of you? Like what's something the two of you always have on hand? (laughs) Coconut water. (laughs) That's that's, I actually started keeping (laughs) more coconut water in the house after I got this book.
2: So yeah, that really actually carried over from drinking for two because you know, a lot of pregnant women deal with morning sickness and coconut water offers electrolytes. And it's such a great way to replenish electrolytes that are lost in, um, in vomiting that comes with morning sickness. And so we use that in a lot of our recipes and it also is able to provide more volume and some natural sweetness to our mocktails without having to add a ton of added sugar or a ton of just other sugar in general and so we carry that over and we just love it as a base for a lot of our mocktails. And we find that it's pretty neutral in taste. If you buy some of those generic brands like um, Vita Coco, Zico, right. it's pretty neutral and you can cu- mask the taste of it. So even if you don't like it, like the taste of coconut water on its own, we find that by using other more powerful ingredients, you can mask the taste of it pretty easily and it allows us to use less sugar in, in recipes.
0: I found that it sort of gave the drinks that in your book, like a little more body to them. So like what you're saying, you can add flavor with other things, but this is giving it a little bit of richness and a little bit of more, um, just like a, a a more rounded out flavor in the drink. It's not necessarily about it tasting like coconut. Yes, exactly. So good. Well, let's get down to the mocktail of it all. The first chapter is classics. Uh, This is where I I pulled the sour margarita from. Uh, Listeners, I can't recommend the booze-free margarita enough. I've made it several times since, like I've said. Can each of you pick what might be your favorite classic beverage from this chapter and tell us about it? So each pick one and tell us about it. Go ahead. Uh, Carrie, you go first.
3: Mine is definitely the mocktail mule. And it's it's so simple to make. It's just ginger-flavored kombucha lime juice, and seltzer water. So it, it couldn't be easier to throw t- together. You can serve it in a meal mug if you have one or not. You know, you can put it in a fancy glass and it's just, it's delicious. It's so full of flavor. And then of course you've got the probiotic benefit of Listen, the, the kombucha. that's
0: the second one I made. I'm not even going to lie. I made, we went and bought the cups at Target and we, I said, oh, now I finally have an excuse to buy these and they were <laughs> delicious as well. So I'm with you on that one. Diana, what's one for you?
2: Okay, so I really like the basic macchito. I feel like we it took us quite a few recipe tries to nail this one, but I feel like we really did. And we added apple cider vinegar to it, and some people are like we're very confused by apple cider vinegar, but we feel like it really let it gives it a great little bite, similar to that what alcohol would give a drink. And so I feel like we it does this drink does a really good job. Uh, mimicking uh, uh, what a regular mojito would taste like.
0: Uh, y'all, I'm not lying. I made that one too. So I must be a classics guy. So I'm wondering when we get past this <laughs> chapter, how many, I, I, as you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I made that one too. Literally when I got the book, my mom was visiting and I got it at the beginning of her visit. And I was like, well, let's just like go crazy. And we started making stuff like every night because it was summertime when I got it. So we were like sitting out on the patio enjoying a little mocktail. It was fantastic. Uh, so all three great choices from all of us. Everybody listening, go to that classics chapter first. It's a great way to dive into the book and get started. Chapter two is called "With a Twist." I have post its on the watermelon mojitos, beasting margarita, and the strawberry balsamic smash. Hello to that. Can one of you describe the cherry licorice soda to our listeners? How do we make that?
3: Oh yeah, that one's super interesting and complex. Um, so it's made with tarragon and tarragon does have kind of a licorice flavor, and this was inspired, I, I think there is some sort of a cherry licorice soda out there, and I, I saw that one day, and I was like, wow, that would be really interesting to kind of turn into a mocktail. So we use either fresh or frozen cherries for that recipe, so then you get the added benefit of the the fiber from the fruit if you choose to not strain the drink. Um, and then, of course, cherries are very high in antioxidants, so that's And then they have a great flavor. This is so fun in the summertime. And then it's got the tarragon. So you just muddle all that together or blend it in the blender um, with some coconut water and some lemon juice. And then you can either strain it or not, depending on your preference, if you want to keep the fiber or not. And then just top it off with a little bit of seltzer and then serve it with some fun tarragon garnish. Tarragon's really cool. It's, It's very like a leafy, Herb. So it makes it for a really pretty. And what I
0: love about tarragon is some people might not have heard of that herb, but it is easily accessible. So I love a book that also where things are very accessible, but every now and then you come across something you're like, oh, maybe I haven't heard of that yet. Or I haven't, I've heard of it, but I haven't used it yet. So it's an opportunity for people to get a little educated as well and try something new. Uh, Brunch is the next chapter, everyone's favorite, of course. And chapter three has us covered with the strong choice right up front and center there with the gingosa, assuming it's a sub for the ever so popular mimosa so what's in the gingosa whose idea was this with the ginger
2: (laughs) it didn't this came from uh, drinking for two right this is inspired from that book yeah so we yeah so ginger is just such a great um it's just been a remedy used for nausea for centuries and so we thought it'd be great to include in our mimosa our version of the mimosa Um, And especially for pregnant women, again, for drinking for two, we did carry over a few recipes from that book, some of our favorites we carried over to this one. Um, And this one was one of them. And it was really to help those pregnant women with morning sickness and nausea. That's why we included the ginger.
3: But even if you're not experiencing nausea, ginger just has a really strong flavor. And just like Diana was describing earlier with the apple cider vinegar, giving drinks kind of a bite, the ginger sort yep. of has the same effect. So we use ginger in a, in a couple of our recipes um, to get the same.
0: I love it. It's effect. so good. It's actually I hadn't. Look this recipe up. I just looked at it. It's so easy, everybody. So listeners, this ginjosa, if you're looking for, and I gotta tell you, I was looking for a mimosa substitute. I love myself a mimosa brunch back in the day, so I gotta try this one. It's gonna be next on my list. There's also
2: I was just gonna say it's a good one. I really like this recipe. Yeah, I think and you'll it, like
0: it looks it looks uh it looks just as refreshing as uh, a mimosa, but I can do it without the champagne, which is what I'm looking for. Hello. Uh, there's also the noble bloody and pickled Mary, giving us some spins on the popular bloody Mary. Also blueberry, basil cooler, kiwi no Seco, and raspberry sorbet float among the brunch mix to give us some variety. Next one is a dessert chapter, honey, for chapter four. And I'm all about the sweets. Right away, I'm eyeing the tiramisu, uh, Mocktini. Can you share a couple of your favorites uh, from the dessert chapter for us? Do y'all have sweet tooths as well? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Definitely. So what are your favorite, uh, a couple favorite dessert mocktails then?
2: Ooh, So many good
0: ones. I um, know, right? They, they, look, they all look so good. This list is so good.
2: Mine is hands down the peanut butter mm. cup Mocktini. Oh yeah, <laughs> that one's so good. I made the lemon bar Mocktini not that long ago and it was very good
0: it just Um, sounded like when you said mocktini like you had like a thick accent it sounded like martini (laughs) i made the lemon bar martini i was like oh well she said mocktini
2: and and for this one we actually included rolled oats in the recipe to kind of to mimic the uh, the crust of the lemon bar
0: oh i love Um, that.
2: yeah and it adds some more fiber too
0: to the drink this is amazing to me i really can't believe these these recipes are so great i can't believe you have no background before these two books and writing recipes it's it's uh it's people think it's easy y'all are making it look easy but it's uh it's so great the what you guys have come up with in here uh chapter five is the oh wait we got the peanut butter we, we did both right peanut butter same again for me the peanut butter
3: mm-hmm Peanut butter Mocktini. And then
0: the other one is? (laughs) Lemon bar Mocktini. Okay. Everybody write them down. All
2: of our desserts were were all Mocktini's.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I did see Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Chapter five is the frozen section. Everyone loves a nice frozen frothy beverage from pina coladas to frozen mango macarita. Is there something you've both made from this chapter for guests that you find yourselves coming to again and again as a crowd pleaser?
2: Definitely the pina colada. And this one, I just love so, so much. The sweet why not slushy is just always a hit. Mm -hmm. I've made that for guests. People love it.
0: Because wine uh not. Oh my gosh, everyone, listeners, I'm slaughtering the names in here because I'm interchanging between the traditional name, like it's pina colada, mm-hmm. and I said pina colada, mm-hmm. um, and then the wine not, right? Yep. Yeah, I keep going mm-hmm. back and forth, but pina colada, I love it, I love it, I love it. Uh, yeah, we like
3: our <laughs> puns. <laughs>
0: As you should. I mean, that's the fun in writing a book like this, right? That's why I, I have to apologize to you all and the public here and be like, listen, there's really creative names in here. I'm getting some of them, but other ones, I'm like, <laughs> you, you look at it here. I need to put my glasses on or something, I guess. Uh, okay. So uh, I, I'm so glad there's a dessert chapter because I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, and then the, the frozen section I love, I'm all down. You know, they can kind of go one in the same, right? We got frozen things that's desserty as well. Uh, but then you go into things like drinks with benefits, chapter six, what's the easiest drink to make? Would you say in the drinks with benefits chapter something people can just put together right away?
2: Chia fresca,
3: Carrie. Mm. Yeah, that, I mean, it needs to sit, but the that's pretty easy. The mango refresher is pretty um, easy too. You
2: just Oh, that and one's so good!
3: to everything together. It's really good.
0: my favorite fruit. Is there a drink either of you drink from this chapter frequently because of the health benefits?
2: I make a lot of matcha drinks. I don't necessarily make the makito, but um, <laughs> I love matcha. <laughs> um, I've just had the mango kale refresher as
3: like a, a snack or you know kind of a supplement to breakfast. Even <laughs> it's like a nice smoothie. But it's it's not like a milky smoothie. It's it's more of like an an icy, watery smoothie. Um, like a not juice, but you know, you know what I'm saying. We'd spun with coconut water.
0: You're so kidding me. Shocking. Coconut mocktail, water,
3: what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> we we do like our coconut water. For good I don't reason, know if you've noticed that. <laughs> yeah it works exactly exactly
0: the next chapter full of spirit without the spirits is the holiday and seasonal drinks chapter uh i actually can't wait to make the saint patrick's day shake from here now this calls for non-dairy milk banana spinach vanilla mint but also everybody frozen cauliflower yeah this ingredient threw me Mm -hmm. for a second when i came across this so how did you come up with frozen cauliflower for
2: um well, so cauliflower. I've been adding cauliflower to my smoothies for a while now. I feel like it just lends such a nice creamy texture. So, and you don't taste it; it's easily masked by all the other ingredients. Um, and you just get some added benefits, some added nutrients. Like we are dietitians, so we try to find um we trying to find how ways to add in more nutrients to our mocktails wherever possible And we thought this would be such a great addition to this drink it just gives it that extra creaminess
0: i love that it's so great i have an alfredo sauce i make with cauliflower and i'm always just like telling everybody like you don't need all these cashews and everything to make this thick creamy sauce you can make this delicious decadent sauce with cauliflower so when i saw this i was like wait a minute wait a minute. Cause I was like, it, it, how are we getting, you know, the taste of like the St. Patrick's day flair with cauliflower tossed in, but I'm, this is on my list. I, I gotta go to it. And can you tell me about the love drunk mocktail as well?
3: Oh yeah. This is one of my favorite recipes. It's just, I mean, look at the gorgeous, it's gorgeous. I, I love this recipe. Um, and it's so see- easy to make you just model the raspberries and then shake the drink with the coconut water. Of course, <laughs> a little bit of grape juice, or you could use pomegranate juice, um, a little bit of the apple cider vinegar, just to kind of give it that edge that, that bite like alcohol. And then you top off with seltzer water. So just, it has a really pretty pink hue. The the way we have it pictured and the way that we tested it primarily for the book was made with white grape juice. So if you made it with the pomegranate juice, it would have a deeper red color, but it's just such a festive color for, for Valentine's day or for, you know, any sort of romantic occasion or just, you know, a right. Wednesday evening instead of <laughs> wine, you know, anytime.
0: Delicious. It's and great. we've got the pumpkin spice latte, mold, wine, knot, and warm cider and sage. Uh, you have a recipe for the coquito mm-hmm. in here, sometimes referred to as the Puerto Rican eggnog. What ingredients make up the mocktail version of this?
2: Ooh, so I'm actually from Puerto Rico. So Amazing. I grew up there. My family lives there. So it was really important for me to include this recipe in there. That's great. We drink so much coquita in Puerto Rico around the holidays, and I've always wanted to make a vegan version, a plant-based version. And so what we did for this one, we used raw cashews that you soak overnight so that they get really nice and soft, Um, some medjool dates for the sweetness, non-dairy milk, coconut milk, which the canned coconut milk, so it adds an extra layer of creaminess because if you've had coquito you'll know it's very very creamy um and then you basically just blend that all together and you let that sit for a few hours um and you typically serve it cool um but you can also heat it up if you want something warm and the cashews really give it that nice creamy texture
0: yes Oh, I love that. Oh, great. I love getting stuff in there from that's nostalgic for you, too. And it's a piece of your history. So I love having stuff in the book like that. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, if either of you could have a mocktail from the book right now, what would it be out of the whole book? What would you pick right now? What comes to mind?
3: Something warm. I'm (laughs) I'm very chilly. I'm I'm on the East Coast and things have cooled down significantly. So you're reading about the, um, the mold, the mold. Why not? Um, that one is a really good recipe and I could definitely use something yeah, like that right I, now.
2: I agree. I would definitely want something warm right now because I am battling a cold. So I would say the warm cider and sage for sure. That one's really good.
0: I would go Mm. for the red sans-gria right now. That's what I'd be doing. I just want something a little sippish, even though I know that's probably more summery, but that's what I'd be going for. Well, all right, that's Mocktail Party. 75 plant-based, non-alcoholic mocktail recipes for every occasion. Carrie and Diana, are you ready for your rapid-fire baker's dozen round of questions? Yes all right we're yeah. gonna do it uh, we'll go ahead and i'll have you answer every other we'll start with diana then Carrie, and continue in that order uh diana to start off here we go most used ingredient in your mocktail. <laughs> i know the answer to this I think we well can cover maybe that. can you give us the second most used ingredient in your mocktails that you make most often seltzer water there we go Carrie, fruit of choice in a mocktail
3: And Diana, we covered
0: this. Gosh, I asked my questions twice. Favorite. Well, let's do this. then. favorite dessert mocktail that maybe you didn't put in the book. Something else. Another dessert you would want to make into a mocktail.
2: Ooh, banana cream pie mocktail.
0: Banana cream pie mocktail. And Carrie, beyond the mocktail, what's your favorite dessert?
3: Oh, oh my. Probably some sort of a, peanut buttery chocolate not surprising that goes
0: in line with your answer from before (laughs) uh diana sweet or spicy mocktail Ooh, sweet carrie same question sweet or spicy mocktail i would i think i'd go with spicy Ooh, we gotta mix the sweet and spicy between the two i love it that's Uh, why we
3: work so well together
0: (laughs) yeah you gotta have that balance right uh Diana, what is a must in your morning routine? Ooh, coffee. <laughs> yeah. <you're> not alone. <laughs> Carrie, what is a must in your evening routine?
3: Ooh. In the winter tea. <laughs>
0: Good. Diana, what's a book you've read recently?
2: Um
0: oh my goodness. What was it called? <laughs> the Spy and the Traitor. I was going to say, uh-oh, maybe I was like, is that a good wreck or a bad wreck? Okay, Spy and the Traitor. Got it. Uh, good, wreck. Ke- good wreck. Very good. Good wreck. Great. Highly recommend. <laughs> Carrie, uh, what's a show you've been re- binge-watched recently? If you haven't binge-watched anything, the last movie or show you've watched.
2: I actually
3: just went through the whole Friends series because I don't nice. think I ever watched it the whole way through.
0: Ooh, nice. What did you – um? did you watch the Reunion
3: Yes, I did. It's
0: a yeah. whole nother topic. I was a little disappointed. Great to see them again, but yeah. a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I, glad yeah. they did it. Glad they did it. Uh, mm-hmm. Diana, favorite mocktail to make for birthdays?
2: I love the red, white, and blue sanscria. It's just such a good crowd pleaser. Everyone loves it. It's very festive. I love that.
0: And Carrie, favorite holiday mocktail to make for a festive event?
3: Ooh, Probably the the holiday spritzer. Ah. I really like that one. It's so pretty. It's got rosemary and pomegranate juice. It's a really beautiful color.
0: I love a good spritzer too. It always feels very very refreshing. Very refreshing. Now this last exactly. one's for both of you. A mocktail that you've thought of since your book was published that you wish you would have thought of when you were writing the book. Oh, <laughs> Carrie.
3: I was gonna say you know I've, I'm sure I've had a lot that have come into my brain but <laughs> none okay.
2: come to mind right
3: now
0: nothing where you're like oh gosh darn I wish that was in there that's alright that's alright Diana oh, anything come to mind gosh, I can't
2: think of anything that's um...
0: good news
2: <laughs> I'm sure well. will yeah we did it
0: good news <laughs> we'll I love it
2: more
3: recipes.
0: every time after I write um I, I, I've, I've written three books and every time after I have a moment where I'm like oh man I wish I would have thought of that or put this in there at that time but then i'm always like well i guess that's for the next book then yeah -hmm, any plans for another mocktail book any continuations of this not right now you know we'll we'll see what the future holds all right all right (laughs) Well, and that wraps up your rapid fire. I guess that last one of me asking about the next book was the rapid fire. You did it. That's it. Now everyone go out and buy mocktail parties: 75 plant-based, non-alcoholic mocktail recipes for every occasion. And if it's for you drinking for two nutritious mocktails for the mom to be buy those everywhere books are sold. Carrie and Diana, please tell everyone where they can find you on social media and also online.
2: They can find us. Um, our Instagram handle is the Sober Dietitians. We also have a website called the Sober Dietitians where we post a bunch of blog articles and give product recommendations that we've tried. We've tried almost every single non-alcoholic product out there. Um, and yeah, I think and. Email is the sober curious dietitian. No, is that right? The soberdietitian@gmail.com. <laughs> <at> <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. The sober dietitian. And it's, it's dietitians
3: with a T, not with a C.
0: Got <laughs> you. They really are coming out with a lot of. I just got that. Um, the Mondays. Uh, what is it? Drink Monday. It's I, I, drink
3: Monday. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. It was.
0: It was fine. Like, I don't go down a rabbit hole. Like, you know, there was a point where I was like, oh, I want to try this. I want to try that. And I was like, you know, just buy one and like try it out and see. Uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Uh, do you guys have a favorite for anyone who's curious about that stuff? Any sort of uh, non-alcoholic beverages that have come out? That would have been a good question for your rapid fire. Uh, <laughs> any sort of non-alcoholic beverages that have come out where you're like, hey, this one really holds up that you can suggest for people?
2: Yes. We have a mm-hmm. Yeah do you want to do yours first um i really like well for non-alcoholic i love non-alcoholic beers um i am a big fan of athletic brewing and right side brewing they both have excellent ipas um so if you are looking for an na beer i highly recommend those
0: awesome
3: yeah those are great i also really and and actually right side is local to atlanta
0: oh perfect Um,
3: because you said you're in Atlanta, right? I am. So, yeah. Yeah, you should definitely check them out. They're they're an amazing company, female owned. Yeah, female owned.
0: Um, oh, great. Yeah,
3: we really enjoy working with them. Um, I I love uh, so many of the non alcoholic beers. I've tried Two Roots. Also makes a bunch of really good ones. They have a Hella style beer that's great. They had an October Fest that was really good, and they have a couple of IPAs that are good. Um, for the non beers. We've both tried um, free spirits tequila. Oh, yeah. And that was, we were really impressed by that. And we threw that in our Macarita. Actually, we did that at Diana's bachelorette party. Oh, so awesome. That was, that was really fun.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, that that. It's really good.
3: All right. Mm-hmm. We got some and then, good recs for everybody.
2: And then I highly, highly recommend if you're ever looking for like a Prosecco or champagne, um, mm-hmm. Naughty AF it's called.
0: Theirs is delicious. I'm writing that down because I always am. Yeah. I, I love a good bubbly. I love it. That's yes. great. Well, listen. Thank- I served that at my wedding. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. You did. Yeah. Great. And did people like it? They were responsive. They liked it?
3: Oh, yeah. That's people great. thought I had a couple AF beers, too, and everything was a huge hit. So if you're, if you're thinking about trying it, you know, definitely think no more. Just just try anything you want to that
0: sounds good to you that's great and they were probably so happy not to have a hangover the next day Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) well thank you both so much for joining me and for helping keep the world sober and fun I appreciate you and I know everyone else does too thanks a lot for your time tonight
2: yeah thank you so much for having us
1: well that was super fun
0: super fun time they they seem adorable they're wonderful I love that Um, And I
1: love, and I, again, I I love coming back to the normalizing, not drinking in a society that kind of really Mm -hmm. celebrates it, which I mean, everybody's on their own journey with that, but just to excess to every time we meet at a bar, we have to like get sloshed or, you know, like have like three drinks when it's like, (gasps) when I think for you watching you and kind of your sober journey is um, the ritual of like making a drink.
0: You know, yeah, making something sure. refreshing.
1: I I love watching you get excited about that and like making your your mocktail. And it's as much that ritual and kind of treating yourself to that that I think is is can be still special.
0: Well, it's fun. You actually nailed that on the head. I, I I didn't I haven't thought about that before. It's the creative aspect of it. It's just like cooking, right? So now to sort of get in the kitchen. And you were cute at Christmas. You bought me a bunch of little syrups and stuff, and so that was really really sweet. But. I I love it too. This book just helps with the creativity of it. If you do like to do that, I can't talk it up enough. I I say I love it about 72 times in the interview and I'm for real, for real about it. So I I really do like this book.
1: Well, uh, let's turn the table a little and, uh, what do you have for Dustin's dish? Is it, uh, Liquid-based? Ah, of course What's your Dustin's Dish? Mm -hmm. Of
0: course. I thought I I would keep it in the lane of mocktails. Before I got this book, I was, you know, acquired a few tricks of my own over time as I was making my own... I didn't realize I was, I mean, I guess I knew I was making mocktails, but I'm not being as necessarily as crafty as these gals are. But now, now I can be, and I can share my little quick uh, tips, tricks that I did. First off, ice cubes. Uh, You know, you can get your ice cubes from a tray, but if you want to have some fun ice cubes for your Mm -hmm. mocktails, you can get some of those silicone trays in different shapes or the big cubes and all that kind of stuff like that. Super fun. Little hearts for Valentine's day and stuff like that. Glassware. Don't skimp on the glassware. If you want to make, you know, I don't know. Drink special. You can still have your wine glass, or your margarita glass, or your Moscow Mule cup. Ooh. All those things. Yes, I we, love
1: a Moscow Mule. We
0: got a cup when we got this book. We got, and that's why... they have. We made that, right? We did we make. We that. made yes. a,
1: a mocktail of the Moscow Mule. It, I'm sure it has a different What's name. What's it, in it here, called? But whatever, I'm going to look that. You continue. Here. Yeah.
0: and we did get. We were like, we got this book, and we ran out and got those glasses right away because we were like, oh, we should. have... And it was interesting as I've gone sober. Remember, we used to keep like a big bar. And then we we got rid of it. And now we're kind of like crafting our own sort of mocktail situation. It's not this massive bar. It's kind of like very uh, unique to like what we need, essentially. It doesn't just mean, oh, have all the things on hand for beverages.
1: Exactly. It's called the mocktail mule.
0: Mocktail mule. There we go. Uh, And finish off my Dustin's dish. Listen, don't be afraid of uh, fresh herbs. I have let Mm, rosemary sit overnight in sparkling water and paired that with a little splash of cherry juice or something or muddled raspberry for a quick and very delicious mocktail. You don't have to restock the pantry. Sometimes a little club soda and a little flavor pop with fruit or fresh herbs creates a refreshing beverage, you know?
1: I love it. Uh, And I love all of those. And we certainly do enjoy mocktails around here. Yes. Uh, Quite often, um, and that's uh, that's it for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us for the ride, and don't forget to follow us at the Vegan Roadie. Um, that's where all that content for this podcast is um, on Instagram, and definitely hit us up uh, in the DMs if you have an author. Yeah, w- we do a lot of the research, but we would love to hear from you about authors that you have specifically cooked from their cookbook. So so don't be don't be shy and. Follow us, subscribe, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, and we're so happy you could join us today. Please tell everyone you know about the podcast. We love sharing all these vegan cookbooks with you. Do us a solid and share this today with one person you think might like it. That would be so kind. And please, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, keep on cooking. And remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. (laughs) Oh, I'm back